Okay, thank you, Vice Chair. We are live. And ready when you are. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks, everyone. Good evening. Thank you for joining us for um, the Sacramento 22nd, uh, September 22nd, 2021 regular meeting of the City of Sacramento Utility Rate Commission. Um, the meeting is now called to order. Uh, Clerk, can you please call a roll so we can establish a quorum? Yes, thank you. Commissioner Baring? Present. Commissioner Fidel? I'm here. Commissioner Gutowski? Here. Commissioner Lee? Here. Vice Chair Vanderwolf? Here. And Chair Thomas is absent. We have quorum. Thank you. Thank you so much. Just a little housekeeping. This meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you've joined the meeting and you wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. Online, if you're online, click the raise hand on the bottom of your screen. If you're on a mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're on telephone, if you call, are calling in via telephone to raise hand, dial uh, star nine, and then to unmute yourself, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number if you call in via telephone. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on and the commission um, will now hear the consent calendar. Um, um, num consent item number one, is approving minutes from September 27th, 2021. Madam Clerk, um, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Vice Chair. I have no speakers with hands raised to make public comment on this item. Thank you so much. Um, since we have no speakers, so any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? I'd like to move to uh, accept the, uh, the minutes. A second. Great, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Connie. So um, I have a motion by commissioner. I, I'm really bad at pronouncing last name. So sorry, everybody, Brian. And then um, a second by uh, Connie, commissioner Connie. Will the clerk call the roll for the vote? Yes, thank you, vice chair. Commissioner Baring? Yes. Commissioner Fidel? Yes. Commissioner Gutowski? Yes. Commissioner Lee? So I was absent from the last meeting. Do you need my vote for quorum this time or can I abstain? We will have quorum without your vote if you choose to abstain. Okay, I will abstain. Thank you. Vice Chair Vanderwolf? Uh, yes. And Chair Thomas is absent. Motion passes 4-0. Thank you so much. We will now um, proceed to the discussion calendar. Item number two is a workshop on proposed rate adjustments for recycling and solid waste. Um, is there a staff presentation? Yes. Uh, hi. Can everybody hear me? We can. Thank you. This is John Febo. I'm um, the Interim Integrated Waste General Manager for Recycling Solid Waste Division. I do have a presentation. I could do it in about 10 minutes. It's similar to the last one. Um, 
I know we have different commissioners here. We thought we might have different members of the public as well. So it'll cover most of that as well. Um, for those of you who saw it last time at the end, this one goes into a little bit more of our reach out, our sort of public relations and uh, you know, community meetings and stuff like that. So I'm gonna share a screen here and uh, I'll do it like last time with a PDF since it's stable. So hopefully anybody can tell me when they see the garbage truck. Looks good. So, okay. So uh, last time we spoke a lot about some of the challenges facing our recycled solid waste division. We have a significant increase in yard waste and organic costs. Potential increases coming up in our recycling processing costs. Uh, maintaining appropriate levels of staff as we grow. And we've even had some 19 impacts that I can get into uh, in the presentation as well. But uh, the most significant factor in the rate adjustment is Senate Bill 1383, an unfunded state mandate requiring us to divert all organic material. Um, households will no longer be able to dispose of organic food waste as garbage effective January 1 of this year. We're rolling out the program um, slowly, but we're getting there. We've got it mostly implemented on the commercial side. And on the residential side, we have our contracts in place and expect to be giving out uh, top counter containers this spring and for implementation in the summer of 2022. Uh, our yard waste processing agreement cost has gone up significantly. We participated in a request for proposals process with Sacramento County and Folsom. And even though it was competitively bid, our processing costs have gone from $42 up to around 73 to 85 right now. And then when we roll out food waste, we'll be in the $100 a ton range. Um, so higher processing fees for the co-mingled food and yard waste mix, even though it was competitively bid, is a result of the, the differences in processing when you add food waste. So it's a lot more expensive. Um, also, our tonnage is expected to increase with the new program from about 70,000 tons to as many as 85,000 in the four or five year time frame as we roll it out and people get used to the new recycling program. Um, our expenses actual, what they translate to in a, in a, in a dollar increase with that amount of tonnage is $3.6 million that our uh, annual expenses have gone up just since the last fiscal year and another 1.6 million when we add the food. For the COVID disposal impacts that um, we've presented are as a result of the stay-at-home order and a uh, significant increase in residential garbage tonnage from everyone being home more often. 11% increase in garbage tonnage, uh, over 15% increase in household junk, uh, curbside recycling, you can see all the numbers there. Illegal dumping has gone up tremendously. And uh, we expect similar numbers in 2021 uh, because of the continued stay-at-home and uh, sort of shift in the, in the waste speed where it's generated. Uh, we have a lot of accomplishments and efficiencies to mention. We were asked to bring those forward when we come back. Well, the last time we were in front of both the council and the commission, uh, we have completed an operational analysis and rerouted from a four-day, 10-hour work week to a five-day, eight-hour work week. That was done in February 2021 in the midst of the pandemic. Our drivers uh, have not had to work at home. They've had to come since the pandemic started, and they have implemented uh, and rolled with that change. Um, we've completed our yard waste organics uh, agreements with those three vendors, and I did, you know, mention how higher the processing fees are, but there are less vehicle miles traveled because we have three facilities strategically located that work better with the shape of Sacramento and the river and some of our traffic issues. So 
Uh, we're more efficient in that regard. Uh, we've completed or will complete construction of our compressed natural gas facility in December 2021. It'll reduce dependency on some of the non-city stations and eliminate our fuel, sur uh, fuel surcharges. Excuse me. CNG facility includes underground infrastructure for future electric charging. We've converted 85% of our fleet to CNG. Our new collection vehicles have uh, scales on them, so they're more efficient. They can stay on route longer. We have updated GPS monitoring software on all our trucks, and we've even developed and added a new commercial waste compliance office as a result of the uh, dissolution of the Regional Solid Waste Authority. It's managing our illegal dumping program a little closer from uh, our code enforcement uh, side that's already been developed there, so that's been a good uh, efficiency. Some of the enhanced services uh, that people will see, um, you know, we're processing organics, green waste, and food waste into compost. Uh, it's significant progress towards our, our climate action plan goals. Food waste recycling will be able, as we mentioned, to recycle food waste in July 2022. Um, and in household junk pickup, we've expanded that program. It's still two uh, household pickups per month, I'm uh, sorry, per year, uh, by appointment only, and, and uh, that's a, a a service that's better than most of the other jurisdictions in the region. And we're now opening it up so that a tenant can make uh, an appointment. It, it used to have to be an authorized tenant with somewhat of a barrier to our services. We've removed that barrier. We uh, are rolling uh, from six week uh, street sweeping into a four week um, rolling service in the spring of this year, uh, 2022, uh, our next uh, implementation. And um, this will help us maintain that in the long run, this adjustment, and balancing our enterprise fund relative to the um, increases from the pandemic, as well as the long-term replenishment uh, of our reserve fund to a 90-day 90 uh, day reserve in case other things happen. At our curbside uh, used oil in there, uh, that's still available. Expanding our illegal dumping mitigation programs, I mentioned mostly on our commercial side, more cameras, more amnesty days, um, and we have a dedicated illegal dumping collection crew. Our rates are still uh, relatively low, to especially some of the Bay Area or uh, uh, other cities, uh, some of them in the region. This is a, a snapshot we presented last time of our current rate in the gray and where it goes in the first fiscal year. Uh, this is the proposed monthly variance. Our increases of $3.83 spread out over three, um, three implementations and um, a total increase of $11.49. Uh, the implementation effective dates are on the left there, April 2022 and then January 1st, 2023 and January 2024. The bottom uh, of the column on the, or sorry, the bottom row of the uh, second table there is our, is the actual rate, the 42.59 and it shows the increases. At the bottom there also is our food waste only rate for new customers that uh, currently don't have any container because they're exempt from green waste because uh, they have very low amount of organics. Uh, they can no longer be exempt. They'll get a food waste only container. Um, so here is our percentage rate adjustments. Uh, by percentage, it shows that they're all under 10. Um, and then the solid waste fund summary is the second table, which shows that in the fiscal years 25 and 26, we get back to our 90 day reserve, which is part of our uh, way of us whole um, in case there is some type of uh, you know natural disaster like a flood or or something like the pandemic. Um, this is our our fund balance without 
an adjustment on the left and with adjustment. So the green line is where we want to be, and it shows how we are able to um, recover if we get the rate adjustment and how we'll be in the red in the 2025 fiscal year if we do not uh, get a rate adjustment. Uh, the rate assistance program, uh, approximately 8,500 participants, uh, has a $3.78 million budget. Uh, this is something that participants um, have to sign up for every two years. Um, they receive a discounted rate on their services, and data is exchanged quarterly to verify with MUD. Uh, some of the outreach we're planning to do from September, in September and November, the mailing, top 218 mailing, uh, social media and blog accounts, our webpage up, updates, community meetings. We offered 100 community organizations meetings and 20 so far have accepted. Here is the schedule. Um, we're doing a lot of these at night and virtually and presenting the rate adjustment and the new program stuff too. This is the schedule, uh, as you can see where we are today, September 22nd, our second workshop, uh, the Prop 218 mailed, the rate prepares, we'll go to the printer tomorrow, it probably won't go out too early next week, uh, Monday or Tuesday, we suspect to send it out, uh, or it'll be in the mail at least, and then uh, we'll be back on the 17th for the public hearing in front of this commission. That is all I have, I will stop sharing screen, happy to answer questions if anyone has any. Thank you so much, John. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Vice Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised to make public comment on this item. Great, thank you. Um, with no hands raised. Do we have any commissioners who wish to speak? I did see um, hands raised. So um, Connie, would you like to speak? Sure. Um, I saw that you said there was an increase in garbage and recycling for residents uh, in 2020. Did you see a decrease in the commercial? Yes, uh, there is a decrease in the commercial um, that's serviced by private haulers. So um, it's okay. basically, and, and so we're residential and we, we have a flat rate. So uh, if disposal, if, if frontage goes up, the time on route goes up, disposal costs go up, and the um, our bottom line gets affected because we don't get any additional funds. But yeah, the, and the, conversely, the commercial haulers had routes that were established with things like restaurants and things that shut down that they were impacted negatively yeah. and less revenue to that side that actually affected us negatively in you know as well in some ways. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Brian, I see you next with a question. Yeah, thanks. Um, I just wanted to confirm my understanding on the uh, the SURA program. Are we, you know, essentially pulling SMUD's data, finding out who's on their, uh, you know, on their list, and then automatically enrolling those customers into the SURA program? Um, I, if it's okay, I will just pull this video on that I just so some quick history why I'm deferring is that uh, recycling solid waste used to be under Department of Utilities when SURA was created and now we're under mm -hmm. public work so the program is still under DOU and Bill and uh, his staff are uh, probably able to speak to it better if that's okay. Yeah I can answer that Brian um, uh, and the answer to your question is yes. Okay. Uh, that is the way it happens every once a quarter we automatically roll over the 
SMUD customers in, on, into our program. And that's why we've been able to keep that, um, uh, um, the enrollment level at that pretty constant 8,500 for, for quite a while now. Um, so yes. Thank you. Um, and then one other question, I, I, so it looks like a great job doing all the community outreach meetings. So I was wondering if there was any uh, takeaway from you know, the, the public participation, any comments, concerns on the increase? We've only done two um, uh, community meetings so far, and they were excited about food waste recycling. I'd say that they were less, uh, seemed less worried uh, about the um, rate adjustment. They're mostly civic minded people who are involved. You know, I don't think they represent really our entire group, uh, and people usually in the associations are pretty dialed in and they, uh, they like the program. So uh, mostly positive, not as much concern about the money. In, in, okay. in just in the community thanks that's all i had thank you so much brian um i actually had a couple quick questions john and i'm not sure if you'll know the answer to them with the outreach have we been you know there's large portions of our community who english is their second language have we been working on making sure that there's materials and that we are reaching out to them through their communities um and that they're being able to have some input on this because it'll probably uh, it will directly impact them just like everyone else in the community so the population mailer is multilingual, and um, I, I, I can't recall, I, I can't list the, the, lang the uh, different languages offhand, but we have that, and um, that when that goes out, that will, that will, that should cover it with everybody, and it has, uh, I, I could, my staff is here, and they want to uh, talk about the different uh, elements of it, maybe they can, it looks like Jeff is on. Hi, John. If you can hear me, yeah, this is Jessa David, a media and communications specialist, and it is in multi-languages on the Prop 218 notice. Um, I believe we have it in Spanish, Mandarin, and Russian. Um, I'll double check, but we have it in several languages targeting those top demographics um, to make sure that it's accessible for them, and it'll be on the website as well. What about any of the other things we've been hosting? Have we been making sure that there's been outreach um, to to other communities, specifically communities who uh, English is their second language, and that we're making sure that they know about those activities and that we're providing um, translators when we have those meetings so that they are available for them. We've, uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, um, I was just going to say, I will look into that and address that with our neighborhood association meetings. Um, yeah, and make sure that there is accessibility. Great, thank you. Thank you. If you could let me know too, um, I'd like to know how that is going. Or maybe if we can let us know in the next report you guys have, that would be really great. I think it's important for us to know if um, this material is accessible to everyone, not just Absolutely. written, but like spoken as well. I think that's really important. Absolutely, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. Um, do any other commissioners have any other questions on this item? Great. Um, So seeing none, this item is a, uh, a receive and file, so there's no vote. We'll be moving on to our next item, which item number three is the Department of Utilities Accountability Plan update, which is the fourth quarter of fiscal year 2021. Um, is there a staff presenter? Yes. Great. Uh, thank you, Chair, or Vice Chair. Um, Bill Busey, Director of the Department of Utilities. I'm gonna go ahead and give the accountability 
report. And then I'm gonna turn the um, uh, time over to Jackie Rice, who's gonna give the um, finance report. And then it will come back to me to give uh, an, another workshop on the um, drainage rate measure. And then, of course, any any time through, uh, you know, throughout that, we're open for questions. Um, so, on the the director's update or the accountability report, we're going to go over the Sura update. Well, I'll talk a little bit more and give a little bit more details uh, on the Sura program. We're going to talk a little bit about community engagement and then about sustainability and water conservation. So as um, John mentioned, we have just under 8,500 participants and five not-for-profit organizations that provide uh, low-income housing to, uh, to residents. Um, our fourth quarter of F FY21, we expended a little over $890,000. The total for FY21, it was 3.6 million which is um, about $180,000 under our, um, our budget. Um, we would expect that if we don't have um, modifications to the SURA program, like, you know, coming up for FY22, uh, there's a, a, a good chance, <coughs> excuse me, there's a good chance that we'll exceed um, that budget. Um, if you remember, we will be coming to council sometime soon, probably within the next couple of months, to propose uh, a modification uh, to the structure of the rate assistance program um, to a flat 25% um, discount for um, our water, wastewater, solid waste. And we assume that as the drainage rate um, adjustment moves forward, um, probably whether or not we're successful in, in, in that effort uh, to get uh, a request from this body or a recommendation from this body and then, and then from council also to include the storm drainage um, fund in that SURA program. If we are able to re, you know, if we are approved to uh, change the structure to a flat 25%, we should be able to handle um, the drainage rate and its adjustment and the solid waste adjustment um, through fiscal year 23. Uh, so just information about the SURA program. Next slide. Um, Here's three examples of our community engagement that the department is doing. The, the department does a lot of community engagement. Uh, these are three examples. Uh, one is a, a bi-monthly Your Partner report. Um, the uh, last one went out in June. Um, I actually think that since we're in September, there was, uh, there, there's, August, there was one that went out in August also. Um, this is an informational report that you know includes uh, 
a lot of information about what, what we're doing, what we do in the department. It usually has a message from me, the director. It also usually highlights um, one of our uh, employees and also uh, you know, highlights uh, some of the services that we offer that we offer and perform in the in the department. The McKinley Water Vault has been one of our most successful projects. This was a project that started back in in 2019. Um, we've been doing some very robust outreach, including its own website and um, a lot of social media updates. Um, this project is scheduled to be finished uh, probably within the next couple of months. And next time we talk to this group, we probably will be able to announce a date for a, a, a ribbon cutting uh, ceremony for that project. Again, it's been a very, very successful project. And then, um, our stormwater pollution prevention. We do a, a lot of outreach with regard to stormwater pollution prevention. Uh, lately, it's been focused on trash and litter. Um, we have new regulations that are out uh, from the state on reducing trash in our in our storm drainage. Um, our program is still in the uh, in in the process of being developed. Uh, but we are already starting outreach uh, for that uh, for that trash and litter reduction program. Next slide. This is an interesting um, study that we have just completed. It's uh, the American River Basin Climate Change Study, and basically, it's a tool that we can use as a city and as a region to help us to determine the impacts of climate change um, on our region and we hopefully can use as we uh, move forward with uh, design and construction of our, of our projects. Um, the tool tells us uh, you know, what the average temperature is gonna be uh, in a given year. The example that you see at the top right is uh, three scenarios of what the temperatures would be in 2070. Um, basically, uh, the three scenarios being one, a, a, a hot and dry scenario. Um, two is a kind of a central scenario and, and the other is a, a, a warmer and, and wetter scenario. The black line is, is the baseline, which is where we are now. And what this shows is, as you know, and that's no surprise, is, is that we're forecasting, you know, depending on the scenario, we're forecasting the temperatures to be higher um, in 2070. We can choose other years uh, with the, you know, the tool allows us to choose other years. It also allows us to determine the number of average days in a year um, that will be what we call, you know, a heat wave. Um, on the left there, you see that you can you can uh, input a, what the definition of a of a hot day is, which is in this particular example 98 degrees, um, and then this tells us, um, you know, for a given year, how many average days uh, will be 
uh, at or above that temperature. Um, and then again, you see the, um, the dashed black line that shows you know, comparison of where we are now. And then again, the three scenarios, the hot, dry, the central, and the warm, wet. Um, so it's a tool that uh, we hope will be helpful for us uh, in the city and in the region. Um, climate change is one of our biggest concerns, you know, obviously in this nation and in the world. And it's something that in the Department of Utilities, uh, we're taking very seriously in developing these tools to be able to help us plan for and mitigate um, climate change. Next slide. Um, no, no question and no surprise, we're in a drought. It's a, it's a significant drought. You see the map of California, the dark um, brown is the areas of what they call exceptional drought. And you see that Sacramento County is in that area. Um, and then the, you know, the red areas, which, uh, you know, define the extreme drought. Again, we've gone over this, but this is a drought that came upon us rather suddenly. Um, the state and the local region is, is responding, you know, quickly and aggressively. Um, we had, uh, uh, declarations uh, or requests of voluntary reductions of 10% that's been raised now, as you know, to 15%. We have also recently gone to our tier two, which is a, a water alert, uh, water conservation alert, um, which includes a doubling of the fines for water waste. Um, and just raises the level of awareness and activity um, in the city. This is something, again, we're taking very uh, seriously. Um, on the good side, um, you know, our, re our residential uh, GPCD, which is the gallons per customer per day, did not rebound very much. We only rebounded about 4% from our drought water usage, which is excellent. And so we have communicated that clearly to the state and have gotten some um, um, kudos for that. Um, but even given that fact, we're still encouraging our customers to, uh, to conserve, you know, 15%. I know for my family, you know, that means that I'm taking shorter showers. You know, I've reduced my irrigation times by about 15%. You know, we're trying to focus more than ever on making sure that we do full loads of dishes and full loads of laundry. Um, and we're encouraging our, you know, our staff and our residents to do the same. Um, next slide. Um, water efficiency outreach, and we're doing a lot of webinars. We continue to do a lot of webinars. You can see, you know, the ones that we have done are in the, in the um, uh, you know, April through June of, of 2021, um, including, uh, you know, one of our focuses uh, in, during this drought is um, effective tree watering as 
um, as we all know, um, the trees were one of the um, I can't think of the word, sorry. Uh, we had trees die. Um, I, I think the estimate is that we may have lost, you know, up to 10% of our tree canopy in, in um, Sacramento or will lose it um, due to the drought. So we're really focusing on making sure that even while customers are reducing their water usage, that they are adequately watering their, their trees. Um, casualty was the word that I was thinking of. Um, trees is one of the casualties from the last drought. We're trying to make sure that that does not happen again um, in this drought. Um, next slide. And then uh, last year, you remember this Wyland Foundation's National Mayor's Challenge. We won. Uh, the city of Sacramento won that. It's a nationwide um, kind of a, a fun you know, a mayor's challenge where the different mayor and mayors of different cities um, have their um, residents commit to conserve a, a certain amount of water. We came in second this year, um, still much better than we've done historically. It's a, you know, again, a great program to raise awareness for conservation. Um, and then the, the SAC WaterWise um, campaign um, was, um, we were working hard during May and June with uh, billboards and digital radio ads. Next slide. And then as always, our, our rebate programs um, are very robust. We especially have had a lot of interest lately because we've doubled the rebate amounts. Um, we've had to raise our budgets for those. But next time we... Um, get in front of you, you'll see that these have gone up significantly um, because of the uh, increased rebates uh, that, that we're offering. Um, and in that quarter that we're reporting on, we estimate that we, uh, through these um, rebate programs, that we saved about 25 million, dollars, uh, 25 million gallons of water. I think that uh, is it for my presentation. Um, Tyler will bring up the financial presentation and I'll turn the mic. First of all, any, any questions about, well, we can take questions now or you can take them later, whichever you'd rather. Let's go through the full presentation and then okay. for the full item and then so that way we can take questions on both parts. I think that's fine. So I'll turn the mic over to Jackie Rice and she'll cover the financial uh, presentation. Actually, very quickly, Madam Clerk, is that a different item technically? I I think that I think these two presentations are part of the same item. I think they're part of item three. Okay, because item four I'm, we do have Jackie. Rice okay, then it, then they are separate items. So yeah, we'll wait to then we'll wait to take Jackie's. So um, sorry for that misunderstanding. So yes. Madam Clerk, do we have any public questions for Bill? Vice Chair, you have no members of the public with hands raised to make comment on this item at this time. Perfect, thank you so much. Uh, 
Commissioner Fidel, I see your hand raised if you want to go ahead. Thank you. I have two um, quick things. The first is, um, could we see that uh, on our next presentation? Could we see that $25.1 million gallon saved through the rebate project, the rebate, rebate program um, with a cost attached to it? I'm curious whether that is cheap water or expensive water. So. Um, and, and I'll just tell you the water is all the same price. Um, you know, we don't have a tiered rate for. Uh, I, I'm curious about whether that's cheap for the utility to achieve that. Oh, I see. And compared to the other costs of its water. Okay, for that's a, uh, that's something that we can we can get for you. That'd be great. And then I'll also say, as you contemplate lowering your um, the benefits associated with Sura, I'll remind you that the pot for the budget for helping people with low incomes is not necessarily fixed. There are non-fee monies that you could put into that pot. There is the fifty-seven thousand dollars in um, non-fee revenues, those aren't constrained by 218. That's a small matter, but there are also the millions of dollars you get from the sale of water, and those are not constrained by 218 either. Um, you could help people more with monies that you have if you wanted to. Um, so all of that, as you know, all of the funds for that program come from the general fund. Uh, we're we're not allowed to subsidize um, customers with our rate uh, with our our rate funding. Uh, we consider, you know, we have a very 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 small amount of what we consider non-rate revenue, um, and it is the you know the the you know fifty to sixty thousand dollars that you that you mentioned. Um, our focus. On assist, you know, further assistance of our uh, customers right now is focused on making sure that uh, we that we appropriately apply the federal and state um, rate assistance that is available. Uh, you'll see a council item um, coming up in a couple of. Actually, it was approved last Tuesday for our application for the state uh, arrearages program, which is, uh, three point, is up to 3.7 or $3.8 million that we're going to be applying to uh, assist our, uh, you know, our, our customers who uh, owe money. Um, so, but if you want further information about that, I can provide it, but if, if the budget for the SURA program is increased, it, it needs to come out of the general fund. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, seeing Commissioner Lee, you had some questions? Yeah. Um, I have to apologize. My kids came in and were making noise when you were talking about uh, Sura. You said you were trying to go to a 25% discount rate for sewer and water. Um, what was it before? <laughs> or what is it now? The average before is about 35%. Okay. And, and why are you reducing it? I missed it. <laughs> um, in order to keep the, the program sustainable and keep the budget 
uh, from increasing. Um, again, that's a, it's a council decision. That's our recommendation. Uh, whether council uh, instructs us to go a different direction, you know, is, uh, you know, their prerogative. Uh, it would just need to raise the, the budget. Okay. And um, I was literally looking at drought maps like two days ago and that, that one, you, you did mark it. It is old. It's worse now. <laughs> oh, okay. Just a minor comment when there's more dark red right down the middle. So thank, thank you. you for your presentation. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Um, if there's no other commissioner questions, I have a couple of questions. Um, I know you've been presenting on some of this material for a little bit. Um, my question is, is, is there um, a way or a reason maybe that the commissions, commissioners could also maybe get those emails of those different things? I know I don't always see all of them. And I'm sure most many of us would be interested in participating in, in those different presentations you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about the outreach uh, information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would ask staff to go ahead and make sure that you that you are all specifically included on you know whatever email lists that, that, that we have. Thank you. That that was my only comment. Okay. So seeing that there are no other comments, um, this is another um, just receive and file. So there's no vote on that. Um, now we are on to item number four. Um, do we have a presentation? Yes, yes that's the Jackie Rice. Yeah. Thank you. The Department of Utilities financial update. Okay. Um, good evening, commissioners. Hopefully you can all hear me. Uh, my name is Jackie Rice and I am the supervising financial analyst for the Department of Utilities. Um, go to the next slide, please. I'm here this evening to present you with an overview of fiscal year 21 year-end projections, estimated fiscal year 21 days of working capital, followed by an overview of the fiscal year 2022 budget adopted by City Council on June 15th of 2021. Included in your agenda packet are the FY21 projections by fund, and I'll begin by uh, providing an overview for the water fund. The fiscal year 21 water fund projections included in your packet are based on actuals through June of 2021. Although the fiscal year ends on June 30th, the fiscal year doesn't actually close until mid to late August. Once the fiscal year closes, an external auditor will audit the city's financials, which is in progress, progress now. As such, the numbers before you are not yet audited. The table depicts revenues and expenditures in order of rate model category. The first column reflects the budget for fiscal year 21, followed by the fiscal year year-end projection based on actuals through June, with the third column reflecting the difference between the two. DOU is projecting that total revenues for the water fund will come in approximately $5.5 million higher than budgeted revenues for fiscal year 21. This is primarily due to developmental activities and interest earned on our investments. The department projects that operating expenditures for fiscal year 21 will result in approximately $9.5 million in savings compared to budgeted operating expenditures. This is due primarily to savings in our employee services budget and some savings as well in our services and supplies budget. 
If realized, the impact of these projections will result in the net revenue of approximately $8.9 million to the water fund balance. The department is projecting that revenues for the wastewater fund will come in approximately $1.2 million higher than budgeted revenues for fiscal year 2021. This is primarily due to development activities and increased interest revenue and reimbursements from other agencies. We also project that operating expenditures for fiscal year 21 will come in approximately $3.5 million less than budgeted operating expenditures. This is due primarily to savings in our employee services budget and reimbursements to other funds. The CIP appropriation increased approximately $3.2 million for planning and design efforts related to regulatory long-term control projects in the combined system rehab and replacement program. If realized, the impact of these projections and the additional allocation to the wastewater capital program will result in an increase to the wastewater fund of approximately 6.8 million. <clears throat> okay, moving on to the storm drain fund. Storm drain fund. Based on revenues billed through June of 21, the department is projecting that storm drainage total revenues for the year will come in approximately $1 million higher than budgeted revenues. This is primarily due to the addition of new service accounts. Currently, the department expects that operating expenditures in the storm drain fund will be approximately $3 million lower than budgeted revenues, or but I'm sorry, budgeted expenditures. This is due to primarily to employee, um, savings and employee services um, some savings in utilities and reimbursements to other funds. If realized, the impact of these projections will result in net revenue of approximately $568,000 to the storm drainage fund balance. Uh, next slide, please. Our projected days of working capital for fiscal year end, um, June 30th, 21, are shown here by fund. We are currently projecting that all three funds will exceed our guideline of 120 days of working capital. As you can see, the fund balance for all three funds continues to grow. DOU has programmed $120 million into the Water Capital Improvement Program over the next five fiscal years to address critical infrastructure needs in the water system and an additional $15 million and $6 million in the wastewater and storm drainage CIP respectively. DOU will likely continue to invest fund balance in the capital program to address critical needs in the infrastructure in the water, wastewater, and storm drainage systems. The increased investment in the CIP program will bring the unrestricted reserve and all three funds closer to the 120-day target. Um, next slide, please. For long-term financial planning purposes, DOU calculates the days of working capital in the previous table categorizing the general fund tax as an operating expenditure. However, the general fund tax is not depicted as an operating expenditure in the water and wastewater revenue bond official statements and annual disclosure reports. As such, this table portrays the days of working capital calculation, excluding the general fund tax as an operating expenditure to be consistent with bond reporting formats. Next slide, please. Also in your packet is a summary of the fiscal year 22 budget approved by council on June 15th, 2021. It reflects no rate increases in any of the funds. The water fund revenue budget reflects a nominal reduction in revenue primarily for the removal 
of a special revenue item related to the 2020 groundwater transfer program. The FY22 employee services budget reflects two additional full-time employees, primarily focused on water conservation and administrative support for audit recommendation implementation. The FY22 operating expenditure budget in the water fund reflects a minimal increase from the FY21 expenditure budget. The FY22 wastewater fund um, revenue budget is unchanged from the FY21 revenue budget. The anticipated revenues and reserves will provide sufficient resources to support the FY22 expenditure budget, which reflects a minimal increase from the FY21 expenditure budget. The fiscal year 22 CIP budget appropriation in wastewater includes an investment for planning and design efforts related to regulatory long-term control projects in the combined system rehab and replacement program. The FY22 storm drainage revenue budget remains unchanged from the FY21 revenue budget. The storm drainage operating expenditure budget reflects a nominal increase of approximately 1% from the 21 um, operating budget. The CIP budget in the storm drainage fund reflects appropriations to, for critical facility replacement and rehabilitation projects that can no longer be deferred. Pursuant to Proposition 218, a voter approved ballot measure is required to increase rates in the storm drainage fund, which will be necessary in the future to sustain operational capital and regulatory requirements. A ballot measure for this effort is tar targeted for January of 22, assuming no setbacks to the schedule. The impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on DOU revenues has been minimal. In March of 2020, City Council directed the city manager to temporarily suspend penalties on delinquent utility charges. Despite the loss in revenue, DOU has maintained compliance with debt coverage ratios and unrestricted reserve targets. DOU will continue to monitor revenues closely. And this concludes my presentation. I'm available for any questions that you may have. Thank you so much, Jackie. Mm -hmm. Madam Clerk, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Vice Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised to make public comment on this item. Thank you so much. Um, any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Seeing none, this item is also a file and receive and we'll have no vote. We'll move on to our next item. Item number five, the Department of Utilities Storm Drainage Rate Workshop. Um, do we have a presenter for this? Yes, I'll, I'll be presenting. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Vice Chair. Again, Bill Busey, uh, Director of the Department of Utilities. Um, this is our second in a series of uh, rate workshops for our storm drainage rate measure. Um, next slide. Um, I'll be talking about the uh, ballot language and going over the actual proposed uh, fee amounts. Um, we're also gonna be talking about the survey, uh, our second survey, which uh, went out, uh, the first half of it went out yesterday. Um, I've got some outreach updates. Uh, we're gonna revisit the schedule and then um, <clears throat> any questions and uh, any questions that you might have. And then I also have some report items uh, from some questions that were asked at, at our last meeting by 
um, by the commissioners. <clears throat> so this is the uh, draft actual ballot language uh, that we would be using uh, should we move forward uh, in January with a, a you know with the ballot initiative. Um, the first paragraph talks about uh, the purpose of the um, of the revenues and and how much we would anticipate generating at $20 million a year. And then you've got uh, six bullet points that talk about at a high level um, what that money would be used for. Next slide. Included in this uh, ballot language will be an actual number for that particular resident of what their uh, fee, fee will be, what their monthly fee will be. Um, and then information that uh, um, talks about the fact that, uh, you know, through our SURA program that um, many uh, might, you know, are eligible or might be eligible for discounts. Um, and then also that residents um, who want to take measures on their property to reduce their runoff will be able to go through a process to um, request having their um, rate reduced. Um, as, as you know, all of the, these rates are based on assumed um, impervious area of the different prop types of properties. Um, and if a, if a property owner um, wants to you know, contest that or uh, you know, request a review to show that they, you know, that their runoff isn't as much as we you know, assumed for that particular parcel, um, that's a process that could result in a, in a reduction of their uh, storm drainage fee. Next. These are the actual fees that we're proposing as part of this measure. Um, the single family residential uh, parcels are divided into three categories. Um, gross area of less than a tenth of an acre, gross area of a tenth to a quarter of an acre, and gross area of greater than a quarter of an acre. And you see the associated, <clears throat> the associated proposed fees. The vast majority of our uh, Customers in general fall into that second category, and the and an even greater number of our uh, residential customers fall into that category. Um, then we also have a multi-family um, amount proposed amount. These would be including uh, condos and townhomes and apartment complexes. Um, the Proposals to charge these two dollars and fifty cents to two fifty seven per month, and then also a um, impervious surface factor for their common areas. Um, and as we go to the next slide, you'll see what those impervious uh, surface um, what that looks like. So here we have the non-residential. Uh, uh, property types, including, as you see, their agricultural, uh, industrial, commercial, office, airport. Common areas are areas like 
you know, grassy common areas for, uh, you know, condos or apartment uh, complexes. Um, since these are largely grass, uh, we only charge, you know, we're proposing to charge, uh, you know, 30% of the total area um, and even a little bit less than that for the golfs and parks and cemeteries. But you can see in the, in the industrial uh, and office, the, the multiplier, uh, you know, is, is higher because the assumed impervious area for those types is, you know, is much higher. Um, and so an example of a, of a commercial building uh, there below uh, for the new fee would be on a, a 53,000 gross square foot parcel. Uh, you would take the proposed fee uh, of uh, basically 1.95 cents or $0.0195 per year times the square footage times the reduction for the, you know, the, the, the factor for the assumed impervious area uh, resulting in an 888 uh, annual fee or about $74 per month. Um, that same commercial building would have uh, currently is charged about $105 uh, per month. And so that $74 would be in addition to their, you know, to their existing charge. Next slide. Um, the second survey is, uh, is, has started. This is a survey that uh, we, we've talked to you about the results of the first survey. Uh, this is now the second survey that we're sending out and this will tell us more definitively uh, the level of support uh, that we have for this measure. Um, the first half of the survey went out uh, yesterday and there will be a second half that will go out in a couple of weeks um, after the, uh, the Recycling Solid Waste 218 notifications go out. We want to get an idea from this survey of um, how the recycling solid waste rate adjustment is affecting the support for, uh, for this uh, drainage rate measure. Um, we expect getting uh, results from the survey in mid to late October, and uh, we will be reporting those to this, uh, to this body either the next time we meet or the, or the time after. But that survey will tell us if, if there is support for the drainage rate measure, then we will be moving forward with a continued robust outreach, uh, uh, you know, a rate hearing in front of this body. Um, I'll go through that schedule in a minute. Um, and then council approval and then uh, the ballot initi initiative in uh, January uh, or early February of next year. Next slide. A lot of outreach going on right now, mostly with key stakeholders, including labor groups, business groups, large property owners. We will be, uh, you know, we have been reaching out to residential customers, but depending on the results of the survey, we'll be outreaching 
uh, you know, performing significant outreach uh, to residential customers, uh, including, you know, the mail and digital and social media, and also the community groups. Um, we saw that recycling solid waste is reaching out to neighborhood associations and community groups, and we will do the same um, should the second survey show that we have support and confidence, you know, to move forward. And we're hoping that that is the case. Um, next, go ahead, the schedule. And uh, we went over this last time, but just a reminder, our, sur our second survey is out. We'll have another um, URAC meeting, uh, workshop number three, um, uh, where we'll be talking about our protest mailer and uh, getting um, uh, uh, similar to what you saw from the recycling solid waste today. Uh, after that, the protest mailer will be uh, going out. That's a 45 day uh, period. Um, we expect another URAC meeting in December, uh, which will actually be the official rate hearing. Again, this is all uh, dependent on the results of the of the survey that we get. Um, next slide. Um, we then are scheduled uh, again contingent on the survey results to go to council uh, for approval to begin the ballot uh, election uh, in January and then shortly thereafter the ballot election that begins that is again is a 45 day process. Um, and then we'd be, getting, we'd be getting results from that election and, and finally going to um, council to have them uh, officially adopt the rate and that rate uh, uh, going into effect uh, on July 1st of 2022. Um, next slide. So that is the, uh, we can, uh, what, we can have comments or questions now on what I just presented uh, before I do the report back, uh, or I can do the report back now and we can uh, uh, handle all the questions at one time. Do you have a preference, Vice Chair? I do not have a preference. I'm just double checking to make sure um, it's not set up as a separate item again. Yeah, I think I think this is the same item, the report backs. Yes, I, it looks like that is the same item. Okay, so I'll go ahead with that, and it's That's just great. it's just it's just two slides. It'll go quickly, and then we can we can uh, have discussion and questions. Um, so there was a request uh, by uh, Chair Thomas to to uh, for us to come back with the our costs for homeless clean uh, cleanup. And you can see over the last um, four years that these have increased significantly, um, just under 400,000 in FY18, just over 300,000 in FY19, um, 564 in FY20, um, almost 900,000 in FY21, and we're projecting almost a million in, uh, in FY22. You can see there that, um, some of the funds that we're able to use to fund that effort um, in FY21 came from the CARES Act, the Federal CARES Act. Uh, those were COVID-related 
expenses. And so we were able to use those CARES Act uh, funding to offset the cost of those. Um, that won't be available in, in the FY22. You can see the bulk of the funding for this effort comes from the drainage fund and from the water fund. Um, next slide. There was another question to talk a little bit more about the levees that we maintain. Um, and so these are the levees in North Natomas, in the, in, in the North Natomas area. We don't maintain these levees, uh, RD1000 does, but we do own them and we are responsible for uh, making sure that they uh, provide the, the level of protection uh, that is required. And so we currently have a study underway uh, that we are funding uh, through uh, from drainage funds uh, that is um, verifying the adequacy of these levies to verify that they provide 100 year protection. Should there be improvements that are necessary, uh, we will need to fund those again out of the drainage fund. Um, so there's a nuance between these levies and then the levies that I'll show you on the next slide. You see down, uh, and, and this is a little bit hard to see, but you'll see some red along the Sacramento River in the upper left-hand corner. Um, that is the portion of the Sacramento River levee that we uh, maintain. Um, there's a three mile stretch. And then down below, you'll see um, Morrison Creek, Union House Creek, and the uh, Camorian Ditch. Those are all levees uh, that we uh, again, maintain. We don't own those levees um, and, and SAFCA is the group that's tasked with uh, making sure that those levees are providing the appropriate level of protection. Um, but So we don't own those, but we do are responsible for, uh, you know, operating and maintaining them. So it's different, you know, it's different in the Natomas Basin. We don't operate and maintain, but we do own and are responsible to make sure that they provide the level of, of uh, protection. And then, and then in the South area, um, and, then, and also a one mile stretch of the uh, Arcade Creek levee, which is not shown on this, uh, we are responsible for operating uh, and maintaining um, those levees. And again, that, uh, all of the uh, funding for that comes out of the drainage fund. So that is my report back and um, I'm open for any questions that you might have. Thank you so much. Um, I see that. Oh, um, Madam Clerk, do we have any public comments or questions? Thank you, Vice Chair. I have no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment on this item. Thank you so much. Um, I saw uh, Commissioner Fidel, I saw your hand first, if you'd like to go. You're on mute, uh, Commissioner. Thanks. Could you please put up the screen that has the rate structure for the multifamily um, billing? Appreciate it. 
Uh, I think oh, you want to go back. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That one right there. Okay, so it's two sixty per unit. Um, is that only units on the ground floor where they would prevent absorption of water? Or is that vertical units as well, right? So I'm thinking of a place like 19th and J, which J19, which is a high density housing unit on the corner of 19th and J. I think it's all impervious surface, but it's several stories high, 10 or 12 or 20 or something like that. Um, is the proposition really that if they have 50 units there, they're paying $125 a month in storage drainage fees, especially if it's only the ground floor? That's and obvious. Commissioner, I asked the same question. We, we explored the possibility of, um, especially with apartment complexes, of having them be uh, build commercial, you know, by square footage. Um, that, um, and I, I want to be, I'm, I'm going to use the frame, we're not, uh, the phrase, we're not allowed to do that. Um, and, and we'll probably have to clarify that, you know, that phrase. But basically, those, um, those facilities are currently charged in our current drainage rate by unit um, and by the by the number of rooms in, in each unit. And so this is uh, in keeping with the way that they're currently billed um, by, um, you know, again, the, the, the thought being that yes, there is an apartment complex, they have a certain number of units you know, they are charged uh, by the number of units. Um, and uh, and so to be consistent with the way that they, you know, with the way that they're billed, uh, that's what we're proposing. Though I, you know, I, I, my, I had the same question of, of why we're not billing, uh, you know, per square footage on that. And all yeah. I can say is, uh, I was told that we can't, and I'll, I'll probably need to get you some details on that about, you know, about why. Yeah, um, this place is a, a, a real burden. Like, it, it's not a minor burden. It's a truly substantial burden on high-density housing and vertical housing, which I believe is our goal to try to increase downtown density and try to increase um, housing availability in general. I would consider this a flaw that would make me publicly argue against this rate for structure. This is something I consider a genuine problem. If it has a legal reason, I would need to see that. So one of the things that we also can do is show, you know, give some examples and show uh, maybe uh, in, uh, explore what the rate would be under the commercial. And again, I, I brought this up and um, so let, let yeah. me get back to you. Let me get back to you on that. I'm, I'm very glad you're alert to it. I'm glad you guys are thinking about it. I would, in fact, maybe request um, specific examples from you of how this impacts, say, a 25-unit um, apartment that's vertical and a 25-unit 
apartment that's sprawling and show that although it's the same rate, it, it is discouraging the type of growth that we're interested in. Yes, we'll, we'll get back to you on that. Super, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions, uh, Commissioner Fidel? Seeing none. Um, Commissioner Lee, you had some questions? Yeah, I just had one. Um, in looking at the language that you're proposing to put on the ballot, I remember I brought this up last time. To me, it would be compelling that we haven't raised rates for the storm drain fund since 1990-something or other. 1996, <laughs> so it's been like, yeah. 1996, so it's been almost 25 years. Um, it seems to me that you should ask in your next survey if that is something that would compel them as well, because I, like I said, that is like, that would be one of the main things that would help me vote for it, as opposed to all this stuff that you listed in the bullets. I, I brought this up last time, but it didn't seem to have popped up here. So I thought I would bring it up again. Um, Appreciate the comment. Um, yeah. And we'll take that into consideration, especially, I don't think it's probably, it's too late to include in the survey. <laughs> Um, but we may, we're certainly including that in all of our outreach and okay, we may want to, we may want to include that, that information on the, on the actual ballot. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Any, oh, Commissioner, um, Connie, go ahead. Mikowski. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm so worried about this. Um, <laughs> it's hard. Um, so also for that language that, um, uh, Commissioner Lee was talking about, the first thing I saw was, well, how much am I paying right now? So is there a way to put like how much you're paying now, it will increase to this. But then I also keep that language in there too about, but there's been no increase since 1996. So um, we can consider that. I think, I'm, you know, I think the hope is that most people know what they're paying, but that's something we could consider. I doubt it. <laughs> Okay. I'll see how Thanks. little they're paying and then they'll, yeah. Right. So it might benefit you. Thanks. Any other questions from commissioners? Thank you, Bill. Um, Can I ask one more question? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I just had another thought, which was um, um, I'm not sure whether this is something you should consider as well since the storm drain you know deals with rain and we're in the middle of a drought um i'm not sure if the timing would be right or if you might want to wait for a really wet winter before people vote on it um it's just a thought and yeah and it's a good i appreciate it um, obviously all these things have been on our mind we're hoping for a wet fingers <laughs> crossed oh my gosh fingers crossed uh for you know for a couple of reasons one is it, it will help, you know, people remember how important this is. Um, and two, just because we're in a drought and, you know, we need rain and we need it badly. Um, we mostly, again, we decided to move forward because we did a survey and we saw support. And, you know, this second survey will, uh, you know, either validate that, verify it, or tell us that, no, that support has eroded. And, you know, we'll uh, uh, cause us to, you know, to go back and rethink this. 
Um, and so this this uh, this second survey is is critical is pretty critical for us. Thank, thank you for you. this. Appreciate the the thought. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Fidel, I see your hand is up again. Yes. Um, I think as I saw your first survey results, I asked if you had crossed tabs by neighborhood. And I was wondering if we were seeing an effect where rich neighborhoods were willing to vote for it because it's a marginal increase to them and poor neighborhoods were opposed to it. Um, and I believe your statisticians told us that you just didn't keep track that way. Or um, I, don't, I don't remember, but I wasn't able to get those cross tabs. Um, I'm hoping as you go out for this next survey, you can give more um, information by zip code. I'd, I'd really like to see if if we're hearing, you know, South Sac says no, um, okay. or something along those lines. That'd be great. All right. Thank you. Oh, by city council district was my recommendation. Okay. <laughs> I think I think I thought that would be very interesting. Okay. Thank you for the suggestion. Okay. Thanks. Any other comments? I'm seeing none. This is also a file and receive and requires no vote. And then the next item. Uh, just, just want to say thank you all for your time and attention. Um, thank, thank you very, very much. We appreciate it. Great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the next item is commission comments, ideas, and questions. Does any of the commissioners have any comments or ideas or questions we want to add on top of what we've been talking about tonight? Great. Seeing none. Thank you, everyone. We'll move on to the next, which is public comments, not on the agenda. Madam Clerk, do we have any public members who wish to speak on public, co uh, public comment matters, not on the agenda? Thank you, <laughs> Vice Chair. I have no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment. Uh, for matters not on the agenda. Thank you. Great. And with that, this includes the agenda for this evening. Um, thank you everyone for attending our regular meeting for September 22nd, 2021 for the Utility Rate Advisory Commission. And I will see you all next time. I hope you have a lovely night. Bye, everybody.